Hey, what's up? Welcome to this episode of Hope in Struggle. We're talking serious today about this particular season in life. Welcome to my car. We're headed down I-45 from Fort Worth to Houston to head back to my husband who has just had a major cancer treatment. Let me tell you more. Hey guys, I'm so happy you're here. I have so much I wanna share with you, but I wanna impart some things that God has showed me, some lessons I've learned in this crazy season of our life. If you're wondering why the audio is different, if you didn't hear it before, I'm in my car. I have driven down I-45 a total this year of about eight times. And when I mean eight times, I mean eight times back and forth. I've also taken an amazing bus liner that we love and want to support called Vaughn Lane. It is a first class experience on a bus. I cannot recommend them even more. I've talked to them about being an affiliate. Can I be, can I get a discount for my listeners? This is primarily a Texas situation, but that bus goes from Fort Worth to San Antonio, Fort Worth to Austin, Fort Worth to Houston, Houston to Dallas. Dallas to San Antonio, those major cities, but it has been such a breath of fresh air for us. And this is, yes, a plug for them. I get nothing for it other than sharing something that has helped relieve our burden or ease the burden of all this travel. Hi, my name is Mindy Lawhorn. If I have never gotten to talk to you, I started Hope and Struggle years ago just to share the reason for my hope, to share this internal joy that God has allowed me through so many not so many not joyful situations in my life. And I know for a fact that God's allowed me to go through it so that as first Corinthians, I'm sorry, second Corinthians one, two through four says that we are supposed to help others through times that God himself has helped us through. And so all these things that I've gone through, I wanted to share with people because it's truly boils down to our perspective on our situations, not the actual situation that is happening to us. So all the way from growing up the last of five kids to being chubby, to dealing with how that feels as a junior high and high school girl, understanding that I had value outside of what I look like on the outside. God began such a character development in that age of my life or that time of my life. And I'll be honest, he like, I guess helped cultivate other skills to kind of counteract that, which I think is the typical chubby girl, chubby guy thing. They try to be funny or really smart or something. So maybe people will forget that you're kind of chubby, (laughs) but laughing is definitely from a very young age, been one of my most favorite things. And so I think I cultivated that a little bit, but just fast forwarding through some more trials was, you know, I was a single mom at one point. I lost my dad at an early age. Um, I cannot even tell you what it's like to live in a marriage where you are not loved. It's so hurtful and painful and you just second guess everything about yourself. Becoming a single mom was honestly a really amazing time in my life. I hated being a single mom. I hated being a loser that because I was divorced. I am divorced. I you know was at that point and that makes me like such a loser. I remember someone in my life that uh, just to kind of give you a little bit of how this feels is I had been a single mom. Yes, I had gotten divorced. I've been a single mom. I met Lee, my husband, most amazing man ever at a funeral and we had dated for some time. Well, about a year and we're like, okay, we're getting married. And I remember 
a friend of this, someone in my life saying, you're getting married. I said, yeah, I'm getting married in June. And this friend, this person in my life said, no, no, she's not getting married. She's getting remarried. And I remember going, wow, wow. Is that really, is that really what people think? Because by telling this other person that I was getting married, I by no means was hiding the fact that I'd been married before or was divorced, but it wasn't part of the, it wasn't the, wasn't the context we were talking about. We were just having a discussion. She asked a question about something I was talking about. And I mean, it, it really amazed me that someone who, you know, I would think would say they loved me was so fast to cut into that conversation that they were not a part of to let that girl know, oh, I wasn't getting married. I was getting remarried further instilling the knowledge that I'm a loser. And while I know I'm not a loser, you guys, I am just trying to impart to you that there have been struggles and that I know what it feels like to be there. And that may be you right now. That may be you at some point in your life. That may be a friend of yours. I want to let you know that's why I developed hope and struggle because there is hope in those icky, yucky, sticky, uncomfortable times that are many times painful when you're in the pain cave, when you're living in the suck of it all. And um, thank you, Brock Johnson, for those terms, by the way. Listen to Build Your Tribe and Social Media Moneymakers. I love that boy. He, young man. Young, I guess I shouldn't say young man. He's a man. Um, but I get it. Uh, I meet this amazing man at a funeral. Love him to death. Very quickly, before we were even really dating, he told me, I've got cancer. I don't know if you want to date someone with cancer. And I remember thinking, I'd, okay, I don't care. I was married to a man that was sick in his heart. Okay, if you sick in your body, we can work on that. You know, it's like such a different mindset. Now, there's other things that gone along with this struggle, but through all of these things I've just described to you, God has been there. Christ has been right by my side. Sometimes he's allowed me to really mess up and triple myself because of my choices, but he's never forsaken me. And so many of his scriptures I've used on a daily basis to get through the day, to remind me of what is true, to remind me of what is fact. And that has changed my perspective on all of these things I've told you and the season that we're currently dealing with. Let me catch you up. Now that you know the background a little bit, why I developed hope and struggle, of course, was I want to help you. I, not that I'm thinking you need help, but I want to share with you why I don't think my life sucks. I want to share with you why all those things have been such a blessing. I want to share with you why even now, as I'm so sick and tired of driving these four hours to Houston and back to see my husband, and being apart, I mean, just your family apart alone is just so unsettling um, that I count it all a joy. I count it all this really cool story that God is weaving together while I don't understand it, you guys. I trust God has a plan because he tells us he does. And he's weaving together this amazing story that I believe wholeheartedly will be glory to him and somehow be for our good. And I hope you're good too as we kind of walk through this together. When my husband at the time, my man that was a friend that I wasn't really dating told me I had cancer, I remember it didn't bother me at all. Probably because of the reason I stated before, but that I already knew I loved him. And, and I know that that may seem really strange, but if you ever, I mean, if you met your spouse and you're just like, oh my gosh, everything I like is wrapped up in this yummy package. And that's kind of what I was thinking about. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. It feels so fast. I hardly know him. Oh my gosh. And I just, you know, the more I prayed about it, the more I got a, a seriously calming feeling. Now, no, my family didn't necessarily like him in the beginning. They didn't know him. He was an old, he's older. I think they thought he was this older man coming to take this poor, you know, 
single mother away to do who do to her who knows what. And obviously it was nothing like that, but I knew in my heart and I knew I believed because I was so close to Jesus at that moment. I mean, at that point in time, I mean, Jesus was my husband at that point in time. Jesus was the man in my life at that point in time. I was working my butt off and I loved every minute of it because I worked so hard teaching fitness classes and presenting Shalene Johnson's fitness formats. If you don't know who she is, she's one of my biggest mentors and one of my biggest cheerleaders in my life. You will love her. She's my kind of girl. She's like my, one of my tribe, one of my, one of my girl squad girls just can see how you're good before you know you're good. I went to teach classes for her. I had lost 70 pounds after my first son teaching her fitness classes. Now I had taught classes forever. I still teach classes. I love fitness. We own a fitness business that pays for every bit of our bills and then some. It is such a joy to know that that's our work because we love it. But it really all stemmed from being tired of being chubby, trying something new. And my other friend, Mickey Starry, is telling me your kickboxing class is going to change. And I bring her up and this up because I had started presenting her fitness formats. You may have heard of them. They're called Turbo Kick, uh, Payo, a thing called Hip Hop Hustle, which I look back now and I'm like, I probably should have never been hip hopping, hustling, but man, that's a fun class. If you can't dance, you'll figure it out because it's that much fun. There's no judgment in that class. Oh, it's so much fun. And a thing called All-Star Presenter Camp where you learned how to speak in public, where you learned how to teach classes, where you could potentially gain the skills over a weekend that could get you in the direction of maybe sharing your own fitness format someday, maybe being a presenter yourself, maybe even being in fitness videos, which I eventually got to do. I've been in over 30 something fitness videos. And I, I love that because I just think that's how cool God is. If you think about someone who's in a fitness video, you think about someone who is super athletic, always has an amazing body, who is just that picture that you probably have in your head of that really fit uh, bikini model competitor kind of girl. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. It's not that fun to film a fitness video. You you're dying, you're dying and you're smiling like you're not dying for hours. And if you mess up, guess what? You have to do a retake and it's all your fault. And everyone in the cast is just, you know, glaring at you, calling you names. I'm sure <laughs> under your breath. I love the fact that I got to be a part of that because it allowed me it has allowed me to talk to so many more people and instilled, you know, a little bit more of a foundation in fitness, but that all came from me teaching fitness classes and presenting for Shalene. God allowed me to have a great relationship with 24 fitness with Shalene Johnson. And I worked very hard on my nutrition while teaching all those classes. And I got to be what's called an elite instructor at 24 fitness, which means I not only basically taught every format they wanted me to, but that I did it in a way that they considered me being an elite instructor. Therefore I got paid more. Therefore I got to open clubs. Therefore I never had to put my son in daycare and I'm not judging you. If you put your son in daycare, I just felt for me, I really didn't want to put Andrew in daycare while I was a single mom, while I was barely, you know, paying the quote unquote light bill, as people say, I wanted to teach in the morning and the evening. I wanted the afternoons with Andrew he could go with me. And that's what God allowed for me to do during that single time in my life. And I thank him for it because that was such, oh, such a character building, such a, I'm going to freaking do this people. I'm going to do it because I had made kind of those, drawn those lines in the sand 
with what I wanted for Andrew, what I wanted for my life, the hours I was willing to work and the things I wasn't willing to do. And I prayed that God would open doors and he not only opened them, he opened them amazingly. I made more money doing that than I ever had at any business or job at that point. And that's kind of where I was when I met Lee. And I was in such a cool, not that I was like, I'm so bad. You know, I'm such a kick booty woman. I wasn't that. I just had so much confidence in God because he had proven that it could be done. He not only let us, you know, keep the house. He not only allowed us to pay our bills. I didn't have a lot of extra money. Don't get me wrong. I remember having to decide between toothpaste and deodorant. And I was like, well, they're kind of both bad for other people. Maybe deodorant's the way to go. I don't know. I don't really remember my decisions on those days. I was just like, it's going to have to be a very small grocery uh, shopping day. But I was at such a cool point in my life. I wasn't happy I was single. I wasn't happy I was divorced. But what I was happy is that I had stayed true to what I believe God wanted me to do, which was just work really hard and keep Andrew as close as I could to me. And of course, my sisters helped me. Of course, I had friends help me. But my sisters were you know, pretty much everything at that point. And God just kept instilling for me just to keep going and keep going. So knowing that, meeting Lee at that point, I was like, I really like this guy, but I have already, God has already proven to me that I'm okay. If I have to be alone, I'm okay. Cause I like what I'm doing. I feel really good physically. And I feel really good about the choices I'm making. And Andrew's really good. Uh, so that's kind of how I went into this knowledge of you really like someone with cancer. I mean, you really like someone with cancer. I'm like, you know, if God has you know, lifted me up out of this hole of, you know, sadness. And by the way, Mindy, this person doesn't love you. They don't want you. They don't want you in every sense. They don't love you. And they don't love you so much that they're willing to go out and find other things. Um, you know what I mean? That can be really, really detrimental to who you think you are. That could be really detrimental to your confidence, your character, whether you think you're attractive, whether you think you're sexy, whether you think you have any value. Because if I believed what he was telling me and I believe what the evil one was telling me, I would have believed all the things that were completely counter to what God was telling me. And I have always wanted that voice of truth. So embarking on this relationship with Lee, I I was just all for it. I knew someday it would be work. I knew someday it would be struggle, but God, to have someone that loves you to be loved, to be in a marriage that can be trusted, to be in an environment where you feel awesome about yourself and that every time you see him, it's that same yummy feeling, just like your, you know, like your food's coming out from a restaurant and you know that that waitress is bringing you your plate, like that kind of yummy feeling. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all that I wanted that. And I felt that God, I was so hungry for that. And so cancer, whatever, who cares? I got the rest of that stuff. And so fast forward to where we are now. And while I've traveled, while I've traveled down to Houston so many times, just in the last two months, Lee's cancer has grown to such a level that we're like running out of of options. Lee has chronic lymphocytic leukemia. This type of leukemia has been very manageable for years. And when I say years, we've been married 12 years, dated another one. So I've known him for 13 years and he had it years before I met him. The good thing about this cancer is, like I said, it's manageable. Typically it can be managed, but there comes a time in this cancer where you can have multiple mutations. Sometimes there's one mutation, sometimes there's maybe two, but you can have multiple mutations. By the way, Lee's cancer is a genetic 
form of cancer. We know that because it's been tested. His brother, who grew up 2,000 miles from him, Lee was adopted. That's a whole nother podcast. And we probably need a glass of wine for that one because it's a funny story. Total God story, of course. But they both have it. And they lead equally, completely counter lives, health-wise, fitness-wise, where they lived, what they did, what they, you know, put in their bodies. But it's been proven that it's genetic. So knowing that, it, it, it puts it kind of in a different category. And by the way, I'm not an oncologist, but gosh, I feel like one a little bit from all the stuff we've had to research and learn and know. But he has developed multiple mutations. What that means is there is really no medicine, no chemo, no pill, no thing that's in the current standard of care that will help. We've been in this situation for about a year and so praying about it and so just sharing it through you know, our podcast, through social media, because we not only want to encourage people, because I mean, we're not walking around with our heads and, you know, held down and, oh, our life's so terrible. We're not dragging our knuckles on the ground. <laughs> our lives are so terrible. We still have this amazing, awesome life. We're just trying to figure out what the next step is. And, and it's gotten pretty critical lately. Um, Lee is a very big kind of manly, muscularly, muscularly, muscular man that loves to lift. I mean, that's part of kind of who he is. He loves that. And I, I love that he loves that. I think it's great. He, I mean, he is motivating to me on the days that I don't want. I mean, I think that it's a very healthy environment as far as, you know, what we do fitness wise and what we just are, are non-negotiables. And so that's always been a really big deal to him. But over the last two years, and most of this has come off probably in the last, you know, six months, four months, he's lost about 45 pounds. And knowing that Lee stature wise is 6'4", 225, 230 pounds. And I mean, he's big, big, like he's so thin right now. You can even tell his bones. I mean, he's got very broad shoulders and big hands and all this stuff. And he's just so thin right now because the disease has just kind of taken over. His counts have been going up, but also because he has lymphoma, it, it, it grows, especially in the lymph nodes. Yes, it's a blood cancer, but everywhere you have a lymph node, it's growing. And like, especially in his torso, everything that's a lymph node is just so huge. His spleen, his liver. I mean, yes, uh, the nodes under his arm and his groin and his neck are big, but it, it's taken on this um, like form that we haven't really seen before. He's gotten really sick with pneumonia and, 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 and had multiple bouts with pneumonia and the flu. And, and you know, for anyone that has an autoimmune, not autoimmune, excuse me, an immune suppressed system, which of course he's immunosuppressed duh, to all of the chemo and cancer. I mean, everything is just so critical. So he got sick, lost weight there. And, and the rest of the weight loss really is due to the disease. So that being said, for a year plus, we have been trying desperately to do a trial procedure that we feel makes the most sense that we feel has the highest likelihood of putting him in remission, or it could quite possibly be a cure, but let me put it this way. It could quite possibly be the closest thing to a cure that we could have. This thing is called CAR T, C-A-R dash T. I recommend you look it up. I highly suggest it's fascinating. It is like Star Trek. Fascinating. I mean, it's next level stuff. It is so very, very cool. We've been denied for a year over and over peer to peer, uh, you know, a multiple peer to peer. We have, you know, uh, appealed it and appealed it like we did everything we have a, we had a lawyer helping us all this stuff 
And this January, and I will tell you about Cartoon in a minute, but hold up. This January, like this is the thing we want. It, 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 like December, November, December, January. Oh my gosh, we're so critical. Like every day he seemed thinner. Every day he seemed a little more weak. He was more irritable. I mean, like just imagine if, if that was you. I mean, if I could only donate my fat, and, and I, I know that I would have many donors. If we could only donate, oh my gosh, that would have been so great. But it's like, he just didn't have an appetite. And then when he would, I would like feed him as much as I could. And then it would make him sick, you know? And, ah. so that being said, you know, painstakingly praying and just so frustrated and feeling so just honestly, um, without being too dramatic, but like wronged by the insurance and don't even get me wrong by the insurance industry. It's messed up. It's broken. It is broken. And, um, I felt abandoned. And I mean, we pay, we own our own business. You guys, we pay for our own insurance. We pay so much, so much money. I mean, house payments and house payments, so much money for insurance that by the way, we both need, but he really, really needs it. And we, you know, decided to change a few things within, you know, our tax purposes this year, just, you know, for smarter business choices. And it allowed us to get a different insurance. Yes, it's the same company and I don't feel comfortable bashing them now, but I don't think there's honestly a great one in our current status here in, you know, May of 2019. But because we changed things a little bit, we go back in January. We technically have the same insurance. It's just a PPO, not an HMO, which by the way, unfortunately makes all the difference in the world. Something we didn't know until we had to go through all this and he still needs this trial. I mean, worse than ever. He needs this treatment. This is the next best thing. There is no medicine that's out there that's approved. It needs to be something that's a trial. And we ask again in January and they approve it the first flipping time. I like my, like my, my head exploded. I was just like, I want to punch something so bad. And, and I have visuals of like, I, I don't know who these insurance people are, but they're the kind of the people I want to punch. And of course that won't help anything. I'm just being completely honest about how frustrating this feels. And then they're like, okay, it's happening. And I'm like, what? Like this year of fighting and just praying and holding tight and holding it together. And you got to be strong, Mindy. You got to be strong. Jesus, help us, help us, help us. And then you're approved. And it was like the weirdest flipping feeling. Now I know enough to know it's never that easy, but it allowed us to immediately get things going. Now, let me tell you a little bit about CAR-T. CAR-T is a unbelievable procedure. So it's not really, it's not a surgery. It's not um, a, a drug. It is where through apheresis, they go and take out your T cells. So basically like taking out platelets, taking out T cells, like you would donate blood sort of, and they send your blood. So your DNA, your blood off to be remanufactured re to fight the cancer that's in your body. So how they do that, I cannot answer that for you. However, I can get you to a ton of websites and even some really amazing infographics showing you this cycle of where they take the blood out, send it off, remanufacture it, prepare it to be reintroduced into the body. And then it gets put back in your body. And then these cells go to work. Is, okay, just pause. Is that not ridiculous? Like, that's some cool stuff. It's, it's like mind-blowing. It's fascinating to me. It's so promising, but it's also as scary as you can imagine because that's what has happened. Fast forward to March 28th, 
of this year, 2019, Lee had to be in the hospital multiple times this year due to him not being able to get over um, the flu. He got RSV. Like if you think about RSV, you think of like a baby. You think about maybe if your child ever had RSV, which by the way is so frightening as a child, you know. Um, but RSV is a virus. It is what it is. And I mean, I've read all kinds of things that we kind of are, that's kind of dormant in our bodies. And then when our immune system gets so weak, it could come up on any of us. Well, the fact that Lee was so weak, his immune system was so suppressed. He had you know, pneumonia multiple times. He had got RSV, which means he can't really breathe. Nothing, no position he's in. Can he sit up? Mind you, he's laying down basically in a hospital bed almost all the time, January, February, not all of the months, but for long terms of time. In each of these months, he has to go back to Houston in February because they want him, if he's going to do this CAR T trial, which by the way is at MD Anderson, his doctor is Dr. William Weirda. Oh, I, like I don't feel appropriate to cuss on a podcast, but man, that guy is kick a, he's cool. He knows, oh my gosh, he's just so cool. Like he's pretty cool. And he's kind of overseeing this trial. He knows a lot about it. Like he gets all giddy and excited about it because he just knows what it can do. Of course, through every trial, there's always been really bad stories. There's been you know scary stuff. There's been people that have not survived, but we are at a point, you guys, something has to be done. And the more Lee and I prayed about this, the more, you know, we got information, the more we walked through this season, we felt, felt and still feel this was our best option. He had to go to MD Anderson to get his body strong enough to do this. He went there for probably a couple weeks. I, I honestly, I'm a little fuzzy on how many days I'm sure. I mean, I have it written down, but let's say 12 days there comes home two and a half weeks. Then we go back. He's there a week to get him prepared. So in the hospital in January, in the hospital in February, back in the hospital mid-March. So basically spring break, which, you know, we're okay. We knew that was going to happen. We didn't have any big plans. Kids are fine. Which, by the way, I need to do a whole other podcast on how resilient our children are and how, y'all, the, the power of just influence in your children's lives how you react to something, how you persevere, the things you say that you think they hear and don't hear, oh, they hear it. They, their belief and faith system is based on your belief and faith system. Let me just share that with you right now. So if that could be the first takeaway from this, you got to get yourself right. I know that we say things we shouldn't do and we react different ways, but you have to remember, you are a walking billboard for who they are and who they're going to be through every reaction that you have and how you handle every situation. If you're scared, they're gonna be scared. If you freak out, they're gonna freak out. If you show a lack of faith and a lack of hope, they're gonna have a lack of faith and a lack of hope. And you know what? You have children, you signed up for this. You gotta be that person that you wanna be on your best day in front of your children. And I know that that's not easy and I know that we all falter, but I gotta do a whole nother podcast on, when you ask my children about what's going on, the things that they say, Ah, praise God for it because they could be freaking out, but they're not. And I believe it's because they know Jesus and I believe it's because they know where their hope comes from and that this world is not our home. This is just where we are now. But I believe it is a reflection of how Lee has walked through this straight, solid, without wavering. And I believe it's how much of the time I've prayed for God to help me walk through it without wavering so that I can be that walking testimony for Christ for the people in my own home. Okay, sorry, a little bit of a tangent there, you guys, but this could be so much worse. 
they could be freaking out. My 16, almost 17 year old could be losing his mind right now. He's not. Neither one of them are. And the people we have surrounding us, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh my gosh. Okay, back to the point. We're back to the rest of this part of the story. On March 28th, they reintroduced these remanufactured cells to, in, to him in his hospital room, which by the way, I slept in that room for eight days straight. Then I had his sister come and help me out for four or five days so I could go back home, take care of the boys. His brother helped out. I came back up. I mean, literally maybe one full day at home and then back. And I'm okay with that, you guys. I'm not griping. Please know that I know this is the season we're in. I'll be honest, it's wearing on me big time, but we ha- we cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel yet. So it, it's just not a luxury that we can have. We've got to keep persevering and I'm going to because I know that God has a plan. So, I'll, so with about 10 people standing in his hotel room, hotel room, ha, he wished, in his hospital room on March 28th with a freshly shaven chest, by the way, that's a whole nother, oh God, that's probably for a different podcast, could be highly inappropriate, but he had so, so many electrodes to him, they had to take them off, put them on, like that had to happen, poor guy, and then they pull out these cells, okay, if you can just imagine, like walk with me in this, don't you imagine like these huge, like big old mama syringes that they're going to be like, you know, pumping into his body somewhere that like, they're going to have like, I don't know, they're going to be radioactive or something. They pull out this baggie. You know, like when your kids are little and you have to give them medicine in that like syringe that comes with the prescription, like that little white one, that really tiny little one, that's basically what they had. They had two of those. I mean, that tiny size syringe. And I'm like, that's it? You gotta be kidding me. And they're like, I know, it's so weird. You would think it would be this whole, I thought it would be like this huge undertaking, but it wasn't. It was this very calm thing where Dr. Weirda is in there. All, all these other people are in there. Some are, some are his PA, some are other people from overseas that are learning about CAR-T. There was a girl that was just there to be the, the, the stopwatch girl because it has to be administered within a certain period of time. Can't be any faster-ish. Um, his nurse was in there. I mean, I, like, it was nuts. It was my, I mean, like, it was, it could have been a party. So over this, five, over a five-minute time span, they slowly administer these new cells to his pick line on his arm. And the girl with stopwatch is like, okay, go. So the nurse just slowly pushes it in. One minute as the nurse slowly pushes it in, you know, two minutes. So like over five minutes, that's what's happening. And I'm, I keep looking at everybody like, what, what, what's up? What's it? Is going to happen? Is I'm going to happen? Is he going to freak out? Because by the way, there are side effects. I'll tell you in a moment. Some of them are quite funny, but I kept waiting for like, like this really big thing to happen. And then they waited and then they put the other one in over the same scenario of five minutes. And I, I just keep looking at everybody like, is he going to freak the flip out? Like, what? like, I don't know. And they're like, no, that's it. It's highly uneventful. Now we wait. And I'm like, okay, okay, I knew the answers to this, but you know, when you would just want to hear it again, you want to make sure you haven't dreamt anything up in your knowledge base. You just think, okay, I want to be told once again, what are we waiting for? Doctor said, well, a fever, any type of neurological aspects, he could start shaking, like not trembling, but like kind of convulsing a little. He could have other neurological effects to where he could not remember your name. He could like punch in the air. He could like grab stuff in the air. He could talk really funny. And of course, in my mind, I'm like, oh God, please let him talk funny. Please let him do something really weird and let me video it. And he could of course have kidney failure. He could have liver issues. 
He could have all of this stuff. These cancer cells are designed to go and find the cancer, but especially in all of these bulky lymph nodes with these multiple kinds of mutations that Lee's developed. Now, in the process of them doing this, they're going to wipe him. And what I mean by wipe him is they're going to get like almost like a bone marrow transplant where you would just be wiped of all your bone marrow, wiped of white blood cells, red blood cells, you know, lymphocytes, all of those kind of things should be like really, really low. But the point of that is so that they will get rid of it all and that he will start to hopefully rebuild his own healthy cells, his own healthy marrow, that kind of thing. So that was on March 28th. As I'm recording this today, it is April 25th. We are just almost a month out of these new cells. As of the last bone marrow biopsy, which we are getting one tomorrow morning, he has zero cancer. Now with me saying that, we have to temper our reaction with the knowledge that he kind of has zero everything right now. But he has not had zero cancer since, let me put it this way, he has not had zero cancer proof clinically since he's had cancer. So this is a very, very good sign. This is a very good proof. Uh, this is very good evidence of proof that this could work. And, and, and it's not that I'm holding back my joy because I, don't, I think it won't work. I'm holding, I'm joyful, but I am also smart enough to know that we have a long road ahead of us. He has to rebuild his own marrow. His own immune system has to rebuild. As of yesterday's clinical uh, you know, information, his white blood cells are at a 2.0. Normal is, is around 5 to 11, and that's 1,000. His red blood cells and white blood cells are, I mean, red blood cells are at a point where he's good. His hemoglobin is at a good point where he doesn't need transfusions. And by the way, he's had multiple transfusions, blood transfusion and platelets. The first day they brought in that blood transfusion, I'm like, he needs a transfusion. Like, what the what? The what? And she's like, oh, yes, and he'll probably need more. And I'm like, okay, got it. But, you know, seeing someone with a big blood bag coming in, you're like, ugh. Is that normal? Is that okay? Is, is, is that, are things bad? So as of now, things are really good. Glory to God. He's unfortunately still super skinny. He has a long road to go. But as of now, almost a month later, tomorrow's technically a month. Um, they are very pleased with the results. He was in the hospital for three weeks two weeks after he got the cells and he has now been at a undisclosed location at an apartment that we have VRBO'd in Houston for two weeks. Tomorrow we will have multiple biopsies, PET scans, things of that nature. And we have to stay in Houston until Monday, which is when all of the results from those tests will come in. And if all of the results are where they want him to be, then he will get to come home Monday, May 29th. And I pray that he does. So what I've learned in this season, and I'm sorry this is a longer podcast, but I feel so completely necessary 
to give you where, what's gone on and kind of how this all goes on, especially if you're a new listener. I want you to know where I'm coming from because I want you to understand that there is more to your situation than meets the eye. There is more to your troubles or more to those hiccups in life and the uncomfortable things than meets the eye. What's kept us going is that there's purpose in this. What's kept us going without wavering, without freaking out, is knowing that our hope relies in God. It's knowing that our joy is internal, not external. It's being reminded daily how precious my husband is, how precious our boys are, how precious this time is because I believe we've been chosen to carry this burden. And believe me, I don't think I'm special, but I do believe that God gives really hard times to people that he wants to draw closer to him and people that he knows can carry the burden in a way that will point fingers right back to him. And if you hear nothing in this podcast, know that Jesus is my hope. Know that I thank God for allowing us to have cancer because it has done nothing but draw us closer to him. It has done nothing but made me more emotionally, spiritually, and mentally mature. It's grown me in a way that I don't think I would have grown if we had not had to deal with this. I don't feel like the same person I was when I met Lee. I don't feel like the same person I was five years ago. I don't feel like I was this, I'm the same person I even was, you know, two years ago. So I want you just to think about your situations. And y'all, I kind of believe it's all relative. I don't even be like, oh, God, I don't have anything like that in my life. But you do have something you're dealing with or you have. You do have something that aches your heart or that makes your heart ache. You do have something. And, and I want to just lovingly encourage you to look past what it is and look into why is it. Not so much, oh, I have this because of this. Think about, wait a minute, because this is happening, I can see a different vision for my life. Because this is happening, I'm actually thankful and not negative. Because this is happening, I see how precious life is in these people I love around me. I can see that this love that God has given us not only for each other, but for him, that's paramount. Oh, the amazing people that he's drawn to us through social media, the amazing people he's drawn to us through the podcast, the amazing people he's drawn to us in our own community that I've either reconnected with because of this or never even really knew. It's really difficult to be in a season of receiving, especially if you're a doer and a giver. Like I love to do, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I prefer going and doing. I don't like to receive. It makes me Initially, it makes me feel bad because then you feel like you always need to repay that person. But that's not how true love works. First of all, God and Christ. I know they're one, but think about when God allowed his son to come to this earth and die on the cross for us, us stupid, stupid sinners, that we don't deserve that. But he did it for us anyway because he loved us. True love is sacrifice. And I think about that. Real, what is real love? Real love is sacrifice. You sacrifice your comfort. You sacrifice things for things that are about real love. And I also look at every story in the Bible. It's not these amazing people that God used that had these perfect, wonderful lives with no trouble. He used the underdogs. He used lepers. He used blind people. He used, he used prostitutes. He 
use these ridiculously weird stories. And I know that the Bible's hard to understand at times. And I, I would lovingly encourage you just to read more and learn more because once you, once we understand a little bit more like the culture of the time, it's like a lot of the stuff in the Bible comes alive. You're like, oh, dude, that would have been so weird at that point, you know, in the culture. And like, girls don't do that back then. And no wonder that was such a scandal. And, and, and it just gives more power in life to those stories. But when you think about, you guys, how God uses us for not only his vessel, but for things that are really good to happen in our life. He does it in, in, in ways that we can't, can't control. He does it in things that we like never knew would happen. He does it in things we can't really prepare for. He does it to the underdogs. He uses our weaknesses to show his strength. And like, I'm sitting here in my car smiling, telling you about this because I mean, as all this is going on, my mom was found unconscious in her house. We had to get her to the hospital. We had to get her help. She was basically in a coma for 12 days. It was crazy town. And all of this was kind of added to something that happened two and a half years ago that I will never get over. And it was the untimely death of my sister Renata, who was probably my best friend. And there's a hole there that you can never fill. And and, and I'm not here to just share, to tell you all the terrible things in my life, but I believe that God has allowed all this, no matter how painful it feels, ultimately for his glory and our good. And if we look at all of our situations like that, going, okay, God, what do I need to know here? Show me what I'm supposed to do here. God, how can I get through this? How can I learn what I'm supposed to learn? Because that's kind of the key. Instead of trying to go around the struggle and get away from it and wipe your hands of it and just say, I can't do this. We're missing out on maturity. We're missing out on a blessing. We're missing out on understanding. We're missing out on growing and having more knowledge. But most importantly, you guys, we're missing out on a closer relationship with God. And that's what he wants. He wants us. And so the things that he allows to happen in our lives, I count them all joy because they're just going to bring me closer to God. I share that with you. I share what God is, you know, just sharing with me in my life. Oh, for the heaven, for the love of Pete. Like if you think of it as a whole, it wears you down. It burdens you. It feels heavy. You feel anxious and you feel like you just want to get out. But if we can think about, okay, God, what is it that I need to do today? Or maybe it's at night, which I prefer to plan my next day every night. Okay, God, prepare me for tomorrow. Share with me and let me know what it is and give me Lord, what it is I need to get through tomorrow doing what it is that you would have me do with all of these things in my life. And they're uncomfortable and, they're, and they take discipline, but it is worth it. Nothing will hold us back more than trying to go around a struggle. Nothing will keep us in the, on the struggle bus longer than not going through the struggle with open hands and, and saying, God, what is it you want me to learn from this? I'm yours, show me, help me get through this and learn what it is you want me to learn because I know you want me to be closer to you and I know there's something in this season that I've got to get. I've got to catch it. I need something that has handles so I can hold on to it and keep it and and be changed forever. I want that. Oh, Lord Jesus, I love you so much. I thank you for this time. I thank you that we can do podcasts in a vehicle as we're traveling down the most boring highway I think known to man. Jesus, 
I thank you for these listeners. I thank you for our friends. I thank you for hope and struggle. Lord, I want for this to be used for your glory, the good of others, Lord God. And I pray that through sharing our story that people will be lifted up, that they will feel encouraged, that they will know there is more to their situation than meets the eye, that they will know that you are their hope, that they will know that nothing will be better than you, and that they will know that the perspective that we gain having a relationship with you changes our emotions. It changes our mind and it changes our life. Lord God, the perspective you allow Lee and I to see all of this through can be nothing less than a gift from you. The joy and the laughter we have in this really terrible time is because of your joy, your grace, God. And I give you all the glory. The Everything that we have good in our life is because of you. I pray, Lord, that you will use us for your glory. I pray, Lord God, that we will, our next season will be one where we can start to give back. I pray that our next season will be one where we can grow again, grow with others, that we can grow with business, Lord God, that we can start to take on that next chapter of our lives, Jesus. And I want to do it with you leading us. I lift up my friends that are hurting God. I lift up all my friends with cancer. Oh, Jesus, God is so real. And being an MD Anderson, God, it's so, it's just in your face. So many sick people, and that's just a fraction. God, I pray that you would allow us to be our own best advocates, for us to be smart about what we put in our bodies, what we eat, what we breathe, what we drink, Lord God, and what we put in our minds. Please help us. It does matter. God, everything we do matters. It adds up either positively or negatively, Lord God, and just give us that deep rooted discipline and wherewithal God to get through it, to go through the struggle and do what's hard instead of constantly feeding our own desires right now, which will only get us a life that we don't want. Please help us grab, like just push away that gratification, Lord God, so that we can be in the thick of it and be in the struggle enough to get what you want for us to get out of it. But most importantly, for us to be drawn closer to you. I pray this all in your name, God. I love you. I praise you. You're so amazing. You are everything. You're my light. You're my hope. I would never have gotten through this without you, Christ. You are everything. And I just praise you. Please be with Lee. Be with our boys. Let them grow from this. Let them see how real you are through this. And Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen Lee's body, strengthen his immune system, and allow him to gain some weight and allow me to lose some. <laughs> I love you so much, Jesus. In your name I pray.